Welcome to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, Guy Live B2B Jam Session. If you're wondering, like, why can't I see Tim's face? It's actually because I am in a very dark lit area. So today I am just going to be on audio and my lovely guest is going to actually be on video. But don't worry. The next time we go live, which is probably next Monday, you'll definitely be able to see my lovely face. and We can laugh together. But today I'm interviewing my awesome friend, Anuri Shah, who is a rock star product designer and UX UI student. And formerly she was a biology major, but now she's actually pursuing a career in UX and product design. And one of the things I really, really love about Anuri is that she's always learning and she's always sharing what she's learning with the community. So with that said, I'm getting, it's not working. I don't think it's working. I think it's froze. Oh my goodness. Yes, yeah, freezing. Oh. Oh, okay. It's working again. <laughs> Thought, sorry, guys. We had some technical difficulties on this end. Okay. It was like, why isn't my stream working? But it's working again. With that said, once again, hey, Carl. What's up, Carl? What's good? How are you doing? We're going to have Anuri come on the show, and she's going to share a little bit more about how she got started in UX and product design. And then more importantly, more importantly, how you can pivot your career, whether you're a biology major or you have some sort of other degree that you don't feel translates to UX design. Uh, you can pivot your career and really take control of it and pursue what you love doing. And one of the things I love about Nuri that I said is that she's an avid learner. She's always learning. In fact, if you go to her LinkedIn page, she has like all of these courses that she's learned from LinkedIn and other places. So she's always working and she's really going to give you the tips on how she's built or she's building a successful product design career and really building her per personal brand on top of that. Anuri, welcome, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you, Tim? You know, we're doing well. We're so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so how are you doing? You're currently in California, right? Yeah, I, I just came this past week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, how, so how have you been hanging in there doing COVID-19 and everything? It's actually been great as a student, especially. I would definitely take advantage, and I was definitely able to take advantage uh, just being home and actually being really able, being able to focus on my own career and, you know, uh, building myself up through whatever skills I could learn and, and uh, whatever I can learn and, uh, you know, like whatever skills I could be better at to practice. This is like the perfect time to work on yourself. Yeah. It's interesting. I've been doing the same. In fact, over this time um, that COVID-19 has been going, going on, you know, I've been taking the opportunity to learn skills around product design, um, improve my speaking skills, things of that nature. You know, for you, you know, what have you been learning? Because you're always learning. That's like one of your, your big things on, on LinkedIn around your personal brand. What have you been really taking the time to learn, you know, throughout COVID-19? Yeah, definitely. So, a lot of the skills I currently am working on, there are a lot of like communication, right, is one of the very most important things in the corporate office. Um, when, when you're working corporate, communication, empathy, as a designer, um, I'm definitely work on, working on those skills. But more than that, um, more importantly, I'm working on skills for the and learning more of the topics of future of design. Mm. really interested in like AR, VR, AI, you know, I'm so new to it, but I'm 
just trying to read as much as I can, learn as much as I can. You know, we have um, we have also uh, evolutionary design, um, anticipatory design for the users. So I'm really trying to just learn and read as much as I can about that because that's definitely where the I feel that the design sector is headed. So, well, so we'd love to get your thoughts on you know how did you get started in product design because you were formerly a biology major. But then you eventually made the leap into product design. You're actively kind of growing your career in that area. You know, at what point did you realize that wanted to shift from biology to product design? Can you share a little bit more about that with us? Yeah, definitely. So I feel like that answer deserves some background. So I'll just share a little bit about that. So I came from a very, I, I'm an in, uh, Indian, right? From um, so a lot of that culture really helped, taught me who I was mm. and a lot like why I say culture is a factor is because, you know, when I was growing up, they didn't have like robotics and um, AR, VR or all of these things that they have now. It was very different, you know, even a few years ago. So when I grew up, I was like, you know, like you have engineer, you can be a business woman or you can be a doctor. So mm. I, personally, like now looking back, it, like throughout my, you know, growing up, I really thought I really wanted to become a doctor. And I like that's all my head was at is like, OK, I have to become a doctor. I have to take MCATs. I have to take DETs, whatever type of doctor I want to be. And that was my end goal. Um, through college, I struggled so much because I was a biology major. And I think uh, maybe midway, like I learned that maybe this was not for me, but I didn't want to give up. And I still pushed through all through for all through college. And then even after, you know, I tried applying for masters, like, you know, any like even non-traditional ways to getting into, you know, med school or dental school. But through that process, I really learned who I was. Like, I learned that I was not really smart, but I was more creative. And that's where I could put that, like, the creativity is where my strengths were. And mm. a lot of that, like, my parents supported me throughout that whole journey. Like, I remember it was really, it was a frustrating period for my family and I, because I was always stressed, you know, taking, um, like studying for GREs, MCATs, and like even just in general, like my organic, like my organic chemistry, like chemistry courses, if you are yeah. a biology major, they are just. And those textbooks are really expensive too. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just so much memorization. And I don't know if I, if I'm like now, you know, now if I'm thinking ahead, it, like, oh, if I was a doctor, it's like another 10 years of that. I just, I'm so proud that like my parents are like, no one, you have to like, you know, they guided me and in the very correct manner that, you know, this is not the right thing for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I'm really proud of um, when I'm talking about my struggles, because in any society, you know, where we live, we always have that indirect pressure of like, you know, you have to become a doctor, you have to become an engineer, but there are so many other opportunities out there and you don't learn that until you open up your mind 
and really focus on, okay, what else do I know? You know, what else are my strengths? Where else can, what other roles can I fit into? Yeah, it's so powerful that you're saying that because even for me, no, definitely come from a similar type of family, right? Where it's often encouraged for you to be a doctor and engineer, but, you know, was always passionate about tech growing up and kind of being a designer and tinkerer and eventually pursued a career in that. But you often have to kind of shift away from this traditional mental model of what everyone expects mm -hmm. when you do your career and yeah. kind of do something that you love. I want to show love to the people who are tuning in right now. Hey, Christian, who is tuning in from Chalet. Wow, we got people in Chalet. That's amazing. That's hey, so Carl Dunbar, who's tuning in from Ashford University. And he's a social worker, um, I believe. What's up, Carl? It's great to have you on the show. Gloria, who's tuning in from Texas. Hey, Gloria. By the way, no, Gloria, I'm actually from Houston, Texas. So much love to Texas. That is the home state. With that said, Anuri, we'd love for you to share a little bit about, you know, what are two to three tips that you have for anyone looking to pivot in their career? Because you were successful in doing this and you're currently getting certifications. Um, you're, you're, you're currently going to school at Springboard, correct? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So how do people make that pivot, especially during times like this? Yeah. So when I decided to make my pivot, I definitely looked at all the transferable skills that I could provide in my new role. So as a biology major, you know, a lot of the, my transferable skills were like attention to detail. You know, in healthcare, I was I had a few healthcare jobs, so I had to gain empathy for the patient, you know, and uh, communication, like I said, uh, research skills, analytical skills, and a lot of, if you, you know, with some thinking, with some research, there's so many transferable skills in any, that can transfer, right, to any other role, and I think that was really important for me to learn, um, like, right off the bat, is, you know, these are the transferables, these are the skills I have, where, what skills can I use that I had in my next role, so that really helped me guide, you know, along with my create. Yeah, I'm, I create it. I'm creative. I also dance on the side. So, you know, I, when I choreograph, that's all. I also see my creativity there, which all of that put together will help me in my in my design career. Because you know, one of the things that um, I often try to encourage people to do is be able to really dissect what are your key skills. And even though you're a biology major, you did something that's really, really powerful. You dissected what are your key skills from that, you know, field of study and say, how do you bring it to design? You know, let me ask you, for you, you know, do you, when you think about the future of design, where do you think it's going? Are we going to be looking more at participatory, anticipatory, or human-based design experiences? What excites you? Because there starts to become maybe this overlap between, you know, a lot of the things that you've learned in biology and kind of mm -hmm. where the design world is going. So what are your thoughts on the future of design? Yeah, like I quickly dipped my toes into earlier. Um, I definitely think, uh, like I said, anticipatory design, um, AR, VR, a lot of that is the future. And the way that design is going, every, or not only in design, but a lot of the sectors, they have to adapt to this, this all these new concepts because that's where it's coming, you know, and we have to somehow adapt and learn of how can we use our own role and, you know, work, um, how can we, with our own role, fit into the, all these new concepts, right? Like, 
um, AR, VR, like I said, um, AI and um, ML as well. I think those that's those are like the main concepts I feel like design is getting at, but feel free, like I'm sure, you, you know, you I'm still learning, but you're, you know, a lot more like feel free to jump in. No, it's, you know, it's interesting because anticipatory and proactive designs are mm-hmm. going to start becoming more prominent, especially with the increase in voice-based user interfaces. Yeah. And more importantly, the fact that so much data is being captured by so many different apps and, and um, AI-based systems now that you can start kind of going into this area where you as a user experience designer or just as a business, you can start thinking about how do you lessen the friction for customers, um, no matter what point their customer journey is, by being proactively um, able to design an experience or, you know, kind of bring a little bit of intelligence to the table. You know, when when, uh, when somebody needs something or wants something or within a process, like how do you kind of take away those steps? Because I think in design and, you know, we're both trained designers to a degree, you know, there's always all these interactions that you have to create so that the user can accomplish a goal. But we're moving towards a future where, you know, there will be AI driven designs, whether it be from a user interface or user experience. And you have to kind of take away some of those tedious interactions. And maybe you can just offer what they want based on past behavior or kind of scenarios. Yeah, I completely agree. And I recently was reading an article about Tesla and how their UI is, you know, on all these Tesla cars. The, the UI for Tesla is way ahead, you know, in the future. And I'm so like learning, you know, like it's the littlest things that matter. You know, if I'm if I'm driving, where is my thumb going to go, you know, on, on the screen? So it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting to learn. And that's when you know what you are doing is what you love because it's constantly you're constantly curious, you're constantly learning, and it's constantly interesting, you know, it's not boring you, and I'm just so happy to be in this field. Yeah. Love that so much, love that so much. So let me ask you, Nuri, you know, if someone wants to start a career in user experience design today, what do you recommend they do to get started? Yeah, so if a person would like to do, okay, so first of all, um, like I mentioned previously, definitely dig deep and just maybe like the first couple of days, right? Learn what your previous previous role was and learn what transferable skills you can use for the UX design. You know, you want to UX, um, UX, UI, product design, all these design titles, they're really subjective and they're really interchangeable. So you want to have a proper understanding of that first before, you know, moving on to anything at all. Uh, There's so many Slack, there's so, there's so much, there's so many resources on Google, like it's so overwhelming because you don't know what to look at, but there's so many resources and I can add some later in the comments if you guys would like. Um, But that's where I would start is, you know, finding those transferable skills and then learning first, you know, what is UX? What's the difference between UX, UI, product design? And even for me, I'm so, I I have an idea, but it's, it's really interchangeable, like I said. So if I'm applying to Facebook or 
you know, Google or Apple. It's different every single place. And you, like right now, I have an internship at a startup and I'm playing. I have very so many different hats and, and I like it because I'm constantly learning and it's keeping me on my toes, you know. But that's where I would start. And then, of course, you have boot camps, you have um, other resources, right? You have Coursera, you have um, edX. I think Stanford or MIT also created like a new course and UX and UI is something that personally, this may be debatable, but I don't feel like you need a master's for. And mm -hmm. that, this, my decision of joining a bootcamp versus doing master's is that is saving money and UX UI is so easy to learn by yourself. Um, it's really adaptable and it's really easy for you to learn by yourself first than just taking a master's. And, you know, that's a whole two years and so much money where that you have to think about as well. Yeah, Nuri, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, I actually got my psychology degree um, from Texas Tech University as well as got a master's from University of Texas at Austin in information studies. So I have two degrees, but I will tell you most of what I know <laughs> about UX and have learned course of my career has really been by doing and learning from peers and being a part of a lot of different communities and just doing the work that's the mm -hmm. best way to learn so I 100% agree with you I don't think I don't think you need a master's degree to learn UX by any means in fact it's better that you learn by doing working on projects mm -hmm. working with teams taking internships and more importantly not having to absorb costs especially if you can't afford it um, um, a fourth degree, not having to absorb costs that, you know, lead you into debt, right? And mm -hmm. you know, I think that we're actually seeing a shift where a lot of people are taking this route of taking the boot camp or just learning online because it's so much accessible that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And with Springboard, it's all online and it's so easy. Um, well, before COVID, you know, I had plans to travel and it's just like those little things that, you know, you want to do like, but if you know if you're in masters, you have to, you're it's mandatory for you to go to class. But having online boot camps, I think that's a very important skill to learn is you know time management and how to learn by yourself as well than just going to classes. Of course, we're missing that social aspect, but it's really important um, to be constantly learning by yourself and not depending on you know a teacher or you know your classmates or anything like that as well. Yeah, yeah. So, what is one? What is your powerful takeaway for our God community on how they can really take ownership of their career during times like this? And before you answer that, I want to show love to Linda, who is tuning in from Texas, previously Illinois. Oh, Shout out to Illinois, Linda and Gloria. You all should hang out. You all are both from Texas. Definitely start forming a community, a guide group community in Texas. Let us know how it goes if you, or if you need our support. But yeah, Anori, what is your one powerful takeaway for our amazing guide community today? Yeah, definitely. One big, big takeaway is use LinkedIn. I cannot like express that enough. And Tim, you and John like taught me that is getting out of your comfort zone and you know, posting on LinkedIn, you know, I, I've been talking to so many, you know, individuals or like, oh, you know, what am, what, what do I post even now? Um, that is, I'm still learning that, you know, but it's not only about posting, but it's every little comment, 
every little like more than likes and loving and all of that on posts is more of commenting and sharing your opinions. And even that little thing can help such a long way. Um, but of course, definitely posting on LinkedIn. I think that is such a, you should definitely try. And I feel like with COVID, there's so many more users on LinkedIn and this is like the best time to take advantage of the networking, um, meeting new people and posting on LinkedIn. And of course, there's definitely so many Slack groups as well. You know, there's meetup groups, there's Slack groups. You just have to put yourself out there and just get getting out of your comfort zone, I think will make you so successful. Tim, what do you agree? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, speaking, you're speaking like a true professional. And I think, you know, everyone now has to be proactive and building the network that they want to be a part of. Because the, the reality is that your, your network will take you further than you can imagine, right? And, you know, often people say that this whole all day to dodge, your network is your net worth. I actually don't believe that. I believe what it truly is, is that your network is your support system. Your network yeah. is your lifeboat, right? Um, your, your net worth or your net impact can be defined by a variety of different ways, by the things that you do. But when you have a network of people that like know you for something, you will always be able to have opportunities either come to you or find you, or you can even create them in, mm -hmm. in, within your network. So, you know, I think it's so important that we encourage people, no matter what your discipline or role is, to like build relationships online through a LinkedIn or whatever avenue that makes sense for you. Anuri, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you, you know, would love for you to definitely come on in the future. What do you think? Oh, of course. I am so ready and I'm, you know, I'm practicing my public speaking, which I'm actually, you know, I'm working on, but <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I hope everyone enjoyed as much as uh, Tim and I did. I would love to come on in the future. Yeah, please do. We appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. With that said, thank you so much for listening and watching another lovely episode of Guide Live B2B Jam Session, where we're unleashing the future of work. With that said, please, if you're interested in being a part of the guide movement, join our guideapp.co beta, guideapp.co beta. Check out guideapp.co to take part and register and get on the wait list for our beta. We have hundreds and hundreds of customers on our beta, and we are growing every single day and week, and we are building an amazing community of movement makers, creators, and enterprise customers who believe in our vision. So definitely join our wait list and you know, get in line to get on guide. With that said, if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you follow Anuri on her LinkedIn. She's super active. I've tagged her. If you learned anything from this episode, please tag us on LinkedIn or Twitter if you're on Twitter, but definitely on LinkedIn. Let us know what you learned. Let us know what your takeaways are. Let us know if you want Anuri back on the show. We'll definitely be having her back on the show. But more importantly, let us know if you learned something and if you, if you actually got any takeaways from today's live episode. With that said, as always, happy Friday, or for some of you who are tuning in from all over the world, happy Saturday or Thursday. But more importantly, as always, peace, love, and abundance. Talk to you all soon. Bye.